Hey team, welcome to the off-season. The off-season is an exploration of athletic health, recovery, and performance told through stories of athletes and their medical and training team. I hope you enjoy. Now for a quick but mandatory medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of naturopathic medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. Use of this material is at user's own risk. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical conditions they may have and should seek assistance from their trusted healthcare professional for any condition. This podcast does not speak on behalf of naturopathic medicine and does not represent the views of the profession as a whole. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of The Off Season. Today, uh, I sit down with Kyle and Dana Jackson. Kyle is a Halifax Thunderbirds lacrosse athlete. He also plays for the Boston Cannons. Dana was a gymnast uh, and now she works at the Halifax Thunderbirds organization. These two are doing so much for the lacrosse community. They're giving back to the kids so much. Um, It was super fun to have a couple on and and kind of watch them go back and forth with what the lifestyle is like. And there's so much that goes into lacrosse, including travel, that I had no idea. Um, They're expecting their first baby. This couple is absolutely so fun to talk to. So definitely check this one out and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, how are you? Doing good, how are you? Doing pretty good. How is uh, isolation treating you guys? I don't know. I'm doing okay. I'm probably in some of the best shape that I've ever been in. I, it's kind of nice because you get to do a lot of working out. I mean, we still have work to do during the day, but just being at home, you're not forced to leave the office and go find a workout space. Like you're literally in the confines of your own house. So to work out every day, it's easy to get two, three workouts in and, and I just go from there. So for me, it's been, it's been pretty nice. Yeah, That's awesome. I'm getting a little bored here, uh, but I have been doing some workouts. We got the Peloton app and you can do free workouts and not just the bike because we don't have a bike. You can do like hit workouts um, and it's nice because they have 20 minute, 10 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute. Um, so I've been joining Kyle in on those and just working and trying to stay busy. We've done a lot of cooking. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Are you like cooking healthy meals and stuff or just trying new things out? Yeah, for the most part, tonight we have like a broccoli-based pizza that we're going to try out. So instead of having like your pizza dough, you have broccoli chopped up and kind of as your base there. So we'll see. I have cheese. We haven't looked up the recipe. We just saw one of our vlog. We've been watching a lot of YouTube and one of our vloggers, uh, she did it and she said it tasted pretty good. She's also like, she might be vegan. I don't know. So she 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 likes all those quirky stuff. So I had a little snack of pasta before, just in case it's not a spilling. And then <laughs> to fill you up first. I love it. Um, awesome. So why don't you guys tell me like a little bit about your background, essentially. So you guys are both athletes and then came together. So you're the first couple we've had on the show, which is kind of cool. So welcome. Um, Dana, let's start with you. You started in gymnastics, hey? Yeah, so I did gymnastics my whole entire life. Um, I'm, I grew up with sports. My parents had... Uh, season tickets to the Red Sox and I'm from Connecticut so UConn basketball was really big both men's and women's Um, and the Patriots as well we had season tickets so I grew up really uh, around sports 24-7 and my mom was an athlete um, herself in college Uh, was not a gymnast she was a lacrosse basketball and soccer player Um, And I did not live out her dream of playing one of those sports. Um, And I I did gymnastics my whole life. It kept me really busy and out of trouble. Um, And I did it up until my junior year of college at our sinus college in Philadelphia. And I got an opportunity at Villanova to take on more of a full-time internship role. And it honestly probably was the best decision of my life because helped me with all the connections. I'm still in touch with everyone there today and, help me get all my jobs, basically. That's awesome. What was your internship? Like, what was that consisting of? So it started off as I was just helping out my eventual boss. Well, actually, let's backtrack. I originally was just going to help on like game days for some sports. They didn't really have a job for me. And then I got a call in August when I was living in, interning in Louisiana. It was like a random phone call. And they were like, uh, this lady got promoted. Is there any way you can help with social media? And I was like, yeah, I've done it here and there. Like I'm good with my own social media, but they needed someone to help out with like the paying sports. So football, men's lacrosse, men's and women's basketball. And I was like, sure, why not? I don't have much experience, but 
Um, yeah, I'd love to. And basically it ended up turning into like a full-time job. I was there more than I was at her sinus my senior year. And it was great because I got that real life experience versus like, obviously what you learn in your classes are very important. Um, don't get me wrong, but I think that having that real life experience was really crucial for me and social media. And I think it was 2015 was evolving in college athletics and in athletics in general. So I think that really helped me get my foot on the ground and kind of get a head start at that. Yeah, that's so awesome. And I kind of agree with you too. Like, I mean, all the books in the world don't always make up for real life experience and getting to talk to people and meet people. And uh, even conversations like this, every time I sit down with people, like I learn something new or, or a new like way they see life and stuff. So it's pretty awesome. Kyle, what about you? It looks like you played uh, quite a few sports growing up too, hey? Yeah, I tried to keep myself busy as much as possible by playing literally anything. So, I mean, obviously, sports in general aren't the same in Canada as they are in the States when you're growing up. So every time I tell her, like, I played badminton, I played tennis, I did track, I did basketball, like, whatever it may have been, whatever sport in high school there was available, I played it. And she always thinks I'm crazy because, obviously, the state sports are a little bit different. They're more intensive Whereas with my high school, before I went to the Hill Academy, which I can get into later, but um, my school really didn't have that many prolific male athletes, I guess is the best way to put it. Like we were always struggling to put any team together because there just weren't enough males that wanted to play and participate. So like tennis and badminton, for example, they just couldn't field the team because we didn't have enough people. So that's why I would grab myself and a couple of buddies and we would just join the team so that we could play. And obviously being a sports enthusiast myself, like I, ended up loving the sports in general. And I mean, to this day, badminton and tennis are arguably some of my favorite sports, but yeah, I played pretty much everything. The funny story with that is the only sport I've really like, ne I've never actually excelled at. I I'm good at golf, but I got cut from our high school golf team. Like they came in and they're like, okay, the only way you can't make this team basically throwing me a bumble. The only way you can't make this team is if you shoot above a 93. And at the time, like I was, a, I golfed every single day, probably twice a day at that. And I was like, oh, of course, no problem. And then like, it's now knowing that I had that in the back of my mind, I go into the high school tryouts for golf and I don't make the team because I shoot at 94. And oh no. So, so you're good at golf. Exactly. That's why it was funny. Cause it's just like, <laughs> it was one of those things that is, it was instilled in my brain right before I, I had the first tee off. And I'm just like. Okay, 93, that's it. 93 and I'm all right and I make the team. But I've played sports my whole life. I went to the, the Hill Academy, um, in, which is a school that focuses on hockey and lacrosse for the most part. And it's a really small school. Um, and so I went there for my senior year of high school and my postgrad year to really focus on lacrosse. And so then afterwards went to the University of Michigan, played four years there. Uh, and then afterwards got drafted to the Halifax Thunderbirds, Rochester Nighthawks at the time. Um, and then also the Boston Cannon. So I play indoor um, lacrosse, outdoor lacrosse, and it really keeps me busy all year round. When we tell people the schedule of a lacrosse player, um, they're usually pretty baffled because your off season, for the most part, if you play both, both leagues, ends up being basically September, October, maybe if you're lucky. No, um, it, was, it was, we ended outdoor in October. There you go. So because championship last. weekend was the first weekend in October. And then you start training camp for indoor in November. So that's why. Yeah. Like we got married the next weekend after the championship for the outdoor season, the MLL season. And then we went on our honeymoon for two weeks and he had already missed physicals. Like that's how quick, like the gap is. You guys had to time that so perfectly to fit it all in. We basically had like three weeks off and we had to get wedding, honeymoon in in that time. And That's I'm wild. Jewish as well. So there's all the Jewish holidays that fall in September and October. So we had to find a weekend that there was no Jewish holidays <laughs> and that you. Yeah, that's wild. Uh, you know, like it's so interesting for us too, because like lacrosse is relatively new for uh, Halifax area and it took off this year. Like it was so awesome to see that people were obsessed with it. Right. And like yeah. everyone's social media was talking about it. What has the experience been like for you coming here? It's been awesome. I mean, anytime you go to a new city and bring a sport that really people aren't familiar with, it's tough in general. Mm -hmm. So if we go back to last summer, literally every time we would go out into the community and ask people if they knew who the Thunderbirds were, they had absolutely no idea. 
the only people that knew were the lacrosse enthusiasts who around here, it's a pretty close knit community, but it's also really small. And so last summer we were just trying to preach to people what the game of lacrosse was, not even necessarily who the Thunderbirds were, just what the game of lacrosse at the professional level entailed. Um, and then now transition to at this point in the year, we would go to schools and every time we would ask, Is there, does anybody know who the Thunderbirds are? Almost every single kid was raising their hand. So the lacrosse numbers have spiked tremendously um, at the youth level here, which is obviously one of our main goals because we're only going to be able to play the game for so long. And if we can give kids around this area, boys and girls, um, an opportunity to play lacrosse, a new sport, a sport they're familiar with, whatever it may be, I think that, that that's one of our main objectives. Yeah, that's such an awesome thing to like reach out to the younger kids coming up. And um, even in office, like I, um, I'm an naturopathic doctor and I, I treat kids sometimes and like all of them are talking about lacrosse now, which is so awesome. And the parents of them are like, yeah, I enrolled them in lacrosse this year. And it's, it's cool to see how um, the organization just did such a good job, like marketing wise and bringing people together. And, and it was a sin when the season was over this year, it was cut short, right? Like everyone was so excited for it. That's the one thing that I'm really interested in if, since we're on that topic is the, the youth level of lacrosse and what's going to happen with the pandemic because there was a spike in numbers. And so I'm interested to see if people are going to kind of forget about it or if they're going to continue on that path. Like they liked it at the time. Are they going to still like it when everything springs back up and their registration is ready? Because who knows how long it's going to be. So it'll be interesting on that aspect, but it's kind of our main goal together to to really reach out to the community and make sure people understand that it's still relevant and it's not just going away anytime soon and like even uh we have junior thunderbirds which is every year they have a team every nll team has like a junior team and they go and compete in toronto and so the kids from last year he's been putting together skypes or uh, zoom calls with them basically yes they do it on monday so yesterday they did a workout um, which is kind of nice. I think the parents like it as well because they get yeah. yeah. Um, but they they kind of are like, oh, we're playing video games. We have a rebounder, but they're not really working out. And so I think that is helpful, you know, to give them instruction. And that's probably one of the biggest things is instruction. Like we went to a lot of junior games uh, when we first moved out here last summer, and like it's better than what you mm-hmm. expected, but. I mean, the talent and like the coaches, like they don't have that knowledge that some of the Ontario coaches do have. Um, and that was honestly one of the biggest things um, that I was brought out here for was that community aspect and reaching out in the community because I had worked previously uh, for another new franchise in Philadelphia and I started that team up from scratch. And so a big thing with me, get I have, I'm on a work permit here. So one of the big things reasoning why I needed to come work for the team was to help with that community base and what it takes. Cause the community it, it's great here. And obviously, you know, um, but getting them involved in educating them. And that was a really big thing, uh, making sure that they knew what they were going to, they weren't going to a basketball game. We got questions, <laughs> questions all the time. Are you a basketball team? Um, so it's nice to not have to explain that. And I think um, we've done a decent, good job of getting out there in the community both like he said not just the lacrosse community um every month we did visits to the hospital to iwk to the children's hospital um we did to the senior home to northwood who is obviously getting hit hard um so we're thinking of our friends over there but trying a different aspect you know you got the young kids but also seeing uh the older generation it was kind of cool and i think the guys uh, like to go in there as well. Yeah, they're just a different breed, I guess you can say. Like you have the young kids, but I mean, it's like babysitting. Whereas when you go to the senior home, or it's just it's so different. Like they want to play cards. They know different card games that you may have never heard before, and you get this different dynamic with those people that you don't get when you just go to a school visit and teach a kid how to play lacrosse. But at the same time, with the senior home, like you never know if they're going to tell their grandkids or their, um, their children about the game of loss and say, Hey, like the Thunderbirds ran, did you know that they had a team? And that's another way. So we're just trying to hit all those avenues that when we look back at the end of a year, we don't say, okay, we missed out on this demographic or this age group. We try to really hit everything. 
And like our, then our other big component was our school program that we both worked on. Uh, like he said, getting the sticks in the hands. Cause yeah, you've heard about lacrosse and we had uh, one of the guys who runs Eastern Passage. He was like, you went out to a school in our area and I've been trying to get this kid to play lacrosse for forever now. And finally you guys came to his school and now he wants to play lacrosse or um, a kid out in Dartmouth was uh, saying this was the most fun he's ever had in gym class. And it really brought a smile to our faces, just seeing the little impact, you know, you're in their one gym class once a year and now they all want to play lacrosse or they want to come to a game. Um, so it really it was great to see that program take off. Unfortunately, we had visits for this week and last week that we obviously are not attending. But. Yeah, hopefully like the momentum just keeps rolling after all of this is over. Hey, and I know kids are probably still thinking about it. So you guys did such an excellent job of reaching out to the community. And as you said, like long term care facilities, the stories that you hear in there sometimes are like game changers, right? And you get to learn so much about, you know, how it used to be your back in my day, you know, so I love those stories. We learned about their wooden sticks. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and how the sports evolved and stuff. It's, it's super awesome. Or even how like, um, teamwork brought new opportunities for people and I mean it still does for sure but it's just super interesting to hear some of the older stories for sports too hey yeah it's yeah. it's pretty cool yeah you guys did a wicked job like I'm super impressed because it was almost like nothing and then something overnight it's it feels like right um Dana I think it's super interesting for athletes to hear about kind of different opportunities once you've transitioned out of a sport do you want to like kind of just explain what your job is and and how um you got into it or how athletics kind of made an impact on it yeah so i touched on this earlier so we obviously i had an so i had an elbow injury um my senior year of high school i had tommy john surgery so um, that really deteriorated my gymnastics and it was harder for me to kind of get back into the swing of things. I made a full recovery and competed again, but it, my elbow just wasn't the same. Um, so once that was, that happened, that was my first ever injury in gymnastics, which is pretty shocking. So it kind of made me think about it. Like gymnastics isn't going to be there forever. And, you know, yes, I'm in college, but when I started making phone calls, I think it was like my sophomore year I was trying to get an internship, I knew I wanted to do uh, on camera work and I wanted to be a broadcaster. And I called this one place and they're like, sorry, you have no experience. Like we're not high. We're not even going to give you an interview. But I, I knew the weatherman at the station and I was like, Bob, like it was just so like, I don't know, it kind of like made me think like, wow, okay, gymnastics isn't going to take me to a career. I need to get out there and have experiences. So my junior year, it was, I like literally had no internship, nothing in May. Um, a football coach at our sinus was like, my brother lives down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, which I knew nothing about. And he was like, they will have a sports intern. You're not going to get paid, but you can go down there and get experience. So I think that really jump started everything. And I learned that I don't really think I want to work in local sports uh, just because people don't really watch the TV anymore for the local sports. Like even up here in Halifax, there's not really a local sports section on the news. Um, so I was like, okay, what else can I do? Like, I'm not going to get on camera right away. So when I started working with Villanova, I was doing social media, but I was also trying to get myself in there and do some on camera stuff, do interviews with football coach, lacrosse coach, coach Wright, um, et cetera. And I don't think at the time I realized how big Villanova basketball was, um, like the fact that I got to work with Villanova basketball, uh, really was life changing. Um, and obviously it put things into perspective. Um, but I think my mental attitude from gymnastics and my always working, like always being at gymnastics practice was my helped a lot with Villanova. Like I was always working, but I'm that kind of person. I always like to stay busy and on to the next thing. Um, and then kind of as things evolved, uh, most recently when I was at the wings in Philadelphia, I got more into doing some PR stuff. Um, and I had an awesome boss there, Lindsay, who guided me with that and learning the PR side of things and why people do certain events, why you have a mascot reveal this way and not that way. Um, just helped me for things to learn in general, like how to get TV cameras to come out to 
your events where in Philly you're competing with the Eagles and the Sixers. And now I come out here and the media is flocking us. <laughs> um, but so just learning the different sides of sport, I think has been extremely helpful. Um, obviously now like that we're married, I think Kyle's also learned a little bit more about the front office type side of things, which I think is helpful for an athlete because when you're growing up, you don't really have that appreciation for all those behind the scenes um, aspects of it. Yeah. You're just kind of doing your thing and things just kind of come to you and then you're like, great, I'll just play tonight. Yeah. And I think too, like, it sounds like there's an underlying resounding theme of like, don't really take no for an answer. Like there's so much opportunity with this. You just got to keep pushing forward. Hey, Totally. And, and even like when I talk to people who reach out for advice, um, I have some great mentors that have helped me along the way. And it's honestly just making those connections and not taking no for an answer or say there's no job available. Like my Villanova job was not a job that was posted anywhere. Like reach out to an SID, uh, sports information director, like reach out at your local university and say, hey, how can I get involved? Like, I don't need to get paid. Like, I didn't get paid uh, for so many of my internships. And it's kind of crazy nowadays. Everyone needs to get paid for things. And honestly, at Villanova, I would take doing it for free over and over again because I learned the value of what you learn is so much more important than that money aspect. And I was lucky to have parents who helped support me, um, especially when I was living in Louisiana um, my dad was not convinced, but I finally convinced him that it was worth it. Um, but having them as like a backbone, because obviously in sports, you don't make as much money. It's not as glamorous as, as it looks. Um, and same with when I lived in Boston, I was living in a, an apartment that was way more expensive than I could afford at the time, but my parents were there to help me. So that was extremely helpful too. Yeah, that's so nice. Like the shout out to parents everywhere who kind of supported us along our way. (laughs) I think um, that's such a great lesson that you're saying is just like, I don't know where this, even in sports, sometimes we have this like underlying sense of entitlement that like we should be, we deserve something for doing what we're doing. And I think you're right. Like you really have to put your time in and grind things down. Like I've been doing this job for years now and it's still, there's opportunities that I'll just do for free because it's more about like, spreading education and learning new things and different opportunities that come from it versus money, you know? Totally. Yeah. Life at this point is, I don't like to say it's more of who, you know, but it's leaning towards that where like, yeah, you can make a ton of money, but unless you have a networking resource behind you, where if I need something, I can go to this person or that person and they can help introduce new things to me that's far more beneficial to anybody's well-being than it is to say okay i have this much money in the bank account great but i have no resources no networking outside of that yeah totally i agree totally kyle tell me about lacrosse like i know the sport i played as a kid i understand the concept of the game but just for people listening like what goes into training what is um like your regime looking like like what's a week in your life kind of yeah so it's very very interesting as a lacrosse player because you still have to have a nine to five work job you can't and you can play lacrosse all year round and make a decent living but in order to really provide let's say you have a family or you have children like in order to really provide you need to have a second job and that means going to work monday to friday nine to five or whatever it may be and then your weekends are Friday, you're either going to work in the morning and flying out at night to a given location or driving. And then Saturday, you're playing a lacrosse game and Sunday, you're flying right back home to go um, back to your job on Monday because we're kind of in a unique situation. You'll have maybe three or four players on each team that live in market. Um, but for the most part, you're flying every single player out to your team. So let's use like a Calgary, for example, a lot of your players are flying from West Coast, East Coast, and they're all coming in together at one central location, i.e. Calgary, and playing a game on that Saturday, then they're all dispersing again. So you don't get that um, like NHL environment where you spend every day with that team and you don't have to worry about anything else other than building camaraderie with your team Monday to Friday. You've got games going on. You've got all this other stuff where you're all a close knit community already. You as a lacrosse player have to build a relationship with 25 other people from Friday to Sunday and make the most out of it so that 
come 20 weeks later down the road, 25 weeks later down the road, if you're in the championship, now you've got a cohesive unit that's going to be able to excel. So it's a really, really interesting environment that we do um, live in. I think yeah. that when you tell people that they're, they're kind of astounded by what you do, but then from the lacrosse standpoint, indoor lacrosse is so different than outdoor, but focusing on indoor, you've got really the best of like the NHL, the NBA, um, all combined together in one with like, I guess the physicality of football because you're allowed to cross check and slash people with a stick, which is absolute insanity. Yeah, but sure. you really, you're in the same environment as, as an NHL player. You're in an NHL rink or a rink in general. So you've got that concept, but then you've got the spectacle of the NBA where there's music playing throughout the whole game. And then you've got um, like player intros, all these different things that go into making lacrosse such a unique environment that you you can't just pinpoint it as, okay, it's really close to hockey. It's so many different sports all encompassing in one. And we tell people all the time, you'll never really understand what it is until you go to a game by yourself or not by yourself, but <laughs> you go to a physical game for yourself. <laughs> for yourself. Yeah. Uh, because just watching it on TV, we've had ample amounts of people that we talk to and they're like, Oh, I used to watch the Toronto rock on TV back in the day, but I've never seen a game live. And then we talk to them three weeks later they've come to a Thunderbirds game and they're like, I had no idea that that's what the game was like. So as much as we can explain it to people, like they've just got to come experience a game for themselves to really understand what the game is like. And it's also called the fastest game on two feet because literally if you're not running, you're just standing around. Like you're, it's not like hockey where you can glide and you can get by. You have to be in top physical shape in order to really excel in the game of lacrosse. So unless you're doing workouts by yourself Monday to Friday and really getting into the gym, doing something extra outside of just the Friday to Sunday, you're not going to be successful. So there's so many things that go into it. It's crazy, but that's a little, little gist for everybody. A little piece of uh, what your daily is. That's pretty wild. And like, that's oh, practice. we practice our team every Wednesday. Most teams will practice Friday. Cause I explained you fly in, you have a practice together. Most of, our team all lives really close to Six Nations, Ontario, where our owner is from. So let's say two hours at, at most, three hours maybe, um, you have to drive to practice on a Wednesday. Myself, Wednesday afternoon, I'll fly to Toronto, hop in a rental car, drive to Six Nations, which is an hour and a half from the airport, go there, practice Wednesday night, and then I'm usually back on a Thursday, 6 a.m. flight back to Halifax. So that adds into everything else. Sleep on top for of like two office. hours. Yeah. Wow, you're defying all the performance advantages that I speak about all the time. Just like good sleep habits and all that sort of stuff. Um, right now. He can survive on no sleep. I am a witch on no sleep. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I need my eight hours for sure. Um, so for training wise, like what does that look like? How do you stay um, dedicated when no one's watching essentially? Yeah, I go to... I guess it's called the Canada Game Center. I keep calling it all Canada games because when I worked at the Hill, we used to have this tournament that was called the all Canada game, but it's called Canada Game Center. And so I go there um, and I work out with Scott at the all Canada Game Center. And so, no, Canada Game Center. That's what I said. No. I said Canada Games. Oh. Anyway, we'll just rename it the all yeah. Canada Game Center. I go there and I work out with Scott. Um, obviously right now it's a little different. He lent me some, some workout gear, a couple of bands and a kettlebell so I could at least have some weight around here. Um, but during the season, I'll go and I'll work out with him. Um, it kind of deter. It's tough because with that Wednesday practice, like we don't really like to do stuff on Thursday because I'm really tired at the end of the day and there's not a whole lot of work that's getting done. But then Friday, we're not doing a whole lot because Saturday we play. So we're trying to find that fine line and we don't want to go back to back. So we don't like to go Monday, Tuesday. So you're really trying to find this time frame maybe on a Wednesday morning before I fly out that we can get into the gym, which again, makes it unique. But for the most part, we've, we had a pretty good system leading up to everything that happened where I would go in and work out with him. And if you're not doing that, or if you're on your own and you're not in a situation like myself, it really comes down to just your, your self will um, to get up and do something. I mean, especially right now, it's a lot easier to do workouts. Mind you, not everyone has weights, but to just get bored, okay, go work out. It's easy right now. Yeah. But when you're working your nine to five and then you've got to go to a practice on a Wednesday, but then you've got to fly out on a Friday, like you've got so many external factors going on that to sit there and go, okay, 
I'm going to wake up early today, go to the gym, get something accomplished before I go to work. It's really tough to do. And you've got to have a tremendous mindset in order to really even be able to do that. Yeah, that's pretty wild. I had no idea like how much travel went into it and like what your weekly life would look like. That's insane. Frequent flyer. And that's the thing too. Like there's only 13 teams right now and it spans all the way at this point now from East coast to West coast, Halifax to San Diego. Like you have teams all over. So your flight isn't just, okay, this is like the NHL where we can drive to Buffalo. We can drive here. Like we'll take a one hour flight to get here. You're going all over the place, all around North America. And it can become pretty taxing. I say that to people all the time, lacrosse is exhausting in itself, but when you're playing at a professional level, the travel almost seems to get to you a lot more. So that recovery process is instrumental to people's success in the professional lacrosse realm, because after you fly out, your knees are sore. You've got all that lactic acid built up. You don't want to do anything. And then everything just, it aches. Then you've played a game on Saturday. You've been beat up all Saturday night. And then to hop on an early morning flight on Sunday, sit on a plane for two hours and then go back home and do what you need to do. Like it's tough. And like this weekend, I'm pretty sure it was the weekend we were supposed to play at home against Georgia on Saturday afternoon. And then they were going to fly to Toronto, stay overnight in Toronto, and then fly to Georgia in the morning on Sunday, play Sunday in Georgia, and then flying back to here for him. is obviously it's a lot more complicated, which we've learned. Uh, You basically have to go through Toronto for everything because if you go through like one of the states like Newark or – Philly once you did, but there's only like one flight a day out of those places. So you're just better off going to like Toronto or Montreal and getting a connection there. But it ends up being a full, like his trips for outdoor from Boston were like full days, Denver to here. You become a really, become a well-versed traveler, like the ins and outs of traveling, what, what you need to bring, what you absolutely don't need to bring. And like I said, it becomes taxing, like just traveling alone even now put us in Halifax. It's tougher to get anywhere from this location seems to be, but there's nothing wrong with it. It just, it ends up being a full day of travel for the most part. Like there was what we played Calgary. I took a red eye back, but I didn't get back here until noon. So it's already 12 hours right there with time change. Like insanity. Good thing we started to get to know the Air Canada agents. They know us by name yeah, and stuff. That's when you know you travel a lot. When <laughs> agents stop you in the airport and they're like, hey, how Did are you? Did you make it on what that are... trip? Yeah. Yeah. We go to the lounge too. That's my dad gave me a lounge pass one time and I was like, this is what living is. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Nice here. We like the Toronto one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not what I was in. Oh, well, we're not, like, not picky, but if people if people blatantly tell us that it's not good somewhere, then we're not ashamed to voice it to other people. Cause at the end of the day, we need to be able to inform others. Like if you want to go to a lounge somewhere and, and you only like, have one voucher yeah, and we're like, well, it's not worth it. And yeah. yeah. And he gets a companion, which is nice uh, for me especially, but it's also good. Like when we're going somewhere and flights get canceled, it's really, or delayed. They're the first ones to know and they book you right away, rebook you right away which is kind of nice because I think we've had a ton of, we were supposed to go to Florida, got canceled, uh, like before all this. And even just him flying out and trying to get places to practice on time. Um, oh, that even just going to practice sometimes is a nightmare. Like I'll fly, I'll go to say, let's say I have a noon flight. Like we, a lot of times won't leave till between three and five o'clock here just because of delays and all that stuff that happens. And, then you go to Toronto where there's a time change and you're going back an hour. Yes. But you still got to drive an hour and a half. And you, get to get to practice. <laughs> so you miss practice sometimes after all that. I, I've missed it once, but I've been, snowstorm. I've been late twice and I've been driving largely above the speed limit. <laughs> Tell the Toronto cops to watch you. No, it's yeah. that would stress me out so much. How do you like manage recovery and everything? Do you have some tools that you use? Yeah, Scott's obviously great. He helps out a, a ton. And um, there's a new cryotherapy place that we also um, had a partnership with, with the Thunderbirds. And so we go there a lot, um, but they also give massages there too, which kind of, it's nice to kill two birds with one stone. It's okay. nice and close to the, the house. We have a chiropractor that's literally a stone throw away. 
um, from our apartment here. So we've got a lot of nice resources really close to us where my Thursday night is usually dedicated to recovery, pretty much everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, it's huge. And I like, obviously, you know, kids listening or parents listening probably don't realize how much goes into the sport and then how much you have to invest in the recovery piece of things too. And that means like good food, good night's sleep, all that sort of stuff. So um, for nutrition wise, do you guys follow anything or keep um, tabs on what you're eating mostly? Yeah, we, uh, we're really big on HelloFresh, which is like the box that comes obviously and has all your pre-made meals right there. And the thing that we like about it is that she doesn't really eat a whole lot. So I get pretty much a meal and a half out of everything that we have. Uh, but it comes with all the proper ingredients. One, they're nutritious, but two, um, it comes with the portion sizes that feed two, not yourself making something and you feed eight, but only two people are eating. Then you've got leftovers and then half the food goes to waste. So we're really big on that. And obviously with how much traveling we do, we don't have time to like go to the grocery store, pick out all of our produce and bring it back. Cause we've done that before. We've done it multiple times and it just doesn't work for us. Like by the time that I finally get time to sit down, make a meal, the produce is already bad. Everything organic that we've bought is no longer it's no longer good. And so HelloFresh has been a lifesaver for us where throw it in the fridge, throw it in the freezer. We've got our week's meal right there. Cause it's um, like three, it comes with three days. So yeah. we'll do it Monday, Tuesday. I won't have it while it's gone. He's gone. And then we'll do Thursday and then Friday. He's usually gone for a game. So like, so it works right for you guys. It works. We like, we like to eat as healthy as possible. We really don't eat poorly at all. Like no real Smoothies. fast food make a lot of smoothies and this period's been great too. I mean, a lot, I'm sure a lot of people are saying it, but you, you become a better chef if you're doing things the right way right now. And this has been a great time where now we get to go and if we go to the grocery store, we try to limit it as much as possible, but we've been able to get a lot of produce and make things that are really healthy for us and um, use all those ingredients to our, our benefit. And we haven't had HelloFresh right now, so we've had to get um, very, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, creative. Creative. We've made yes. a lot of acai bowls too. Yes. Uh, Pete has some good mix. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't, I guess it's not as big up here. Like in the States, it's huge. Like they have literally dedicated acai bowl places. Um, so we've been making our own. We got a nice new blender from our wedding. So that's been great. And we have a smoothie at least once a day, I think. Yeah, that's perfect. Have you guys always eaten really healthy? Has that always been like a component of your um, prep? For the most part, I, I mean, since I've known her, we've always ate healthy. We don't really eat fast food at all. My mom shames me. She's like, you're really going to eat that bread when we're at dinner? Like, she's the kind of, which is great. Like, she's the kind of person that will. She holds you accountable. <laughs> yeah, she holds me accountable. Like, oh, you're really not going to work out today? Like, <laughs> no, or like, I have your head all the time. Yeah, like I used to go to F45 and she'd be like, well, I haven't seen you on their Instagram lately. Have you not been working out? I love it. It's so hardcore. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I kind of always talk to athletes and our go-tos around here, like we have saute meal prep and um, oh, yeah, move. Yeah. And um, I bring them up a lot of times with athletes just because it's exactly what you're saying, like how crazy their schedule is and to try to get good nutritious meals. Um, unless you have a dedicated like meal prepper, it's just too much, you know? And um, sure. a lot of times what I see always is people under eating, you know, and then we lead down the burnout track. So I think any way to get you fueled is so important, right? Oh, definitely. And I mean, another perfect example for us, we have a really great owner in Kurt Sires who after our Wednesday night practices, he feeds us um, at the facility, which is, amazing like gourmet freshly cooked meals which is awesome because in the past like if if you didn't have anything after um, your practice we don't get out of there until roughly 10 30 if you're staying later like 11 o'clock and so what's open at that time mcdonald's wendy's tim hortons so that's all you're really getting in your nutritious diet after a practice which obviously isn't great to put in your body i'm I have a great metabolism. I'm very blessed. Like I can eat a lot of whatever I want. I work out, I play enough sports that I burn off all those calories for the most part. So I'm lucky in that sense. But at the same time, like it just doesn't make you feel good. Like, yeah, you eat it at 11 o'clock, 1130 at night, but that next morning you just feel groggy, you feel gross. So 
the nutritious aspect is is instrumental in a person's success. And we have tried the saute meals that you're that you were talking about, and they're phenomenal. But pre pre cooked meals, prep meals, whatever you want to call it, like those are an athlete's bread and butter. That's the yeah. best thing they can have because you throw them in the fridge, they're already cooked. Boom, you need something. You got to be out the door in about 10 minutes anyway. So now you have something on the go and it's stored properly. I live and breathe um, all the pre-made meals. Yeah, that's so awesome. Um, and you were saying you have a nine to five job on top of playing as well? Yeah, but I'm lucky because I get to work in the office with the Thunderbirds. So my whole thing is doing the school program and community involvement. So that's kind of where my niche is. Um, so when I go into the office, I'm really helping build community outreach is the best way to put it in what the academy. in the in the junior thunderbirds academy so the junior team we were talking about but really going in and trying to make sure that all those avenues are covered but we have this phenomenal school program right now where we don't even get kids to throw the ball when we go to school programs because what ends up happening is that's all they want to do they want to pick it up they want to throw the ball but until you have the fundamentals just like any sport until you have the fundamentals of everything really concrete into your system you're not going to learn anything. And so what we find is that by just doing the most simple things with these school programs, um, they're able to grasp picking up a loose ball, picking up the ball in general, and then cradling and keeping the ball on their stick within a half hour, hour time frame. And then if they want to go outside after and they want to do something or they want to invest in a stick or they want to come back later and do something, then you can teach them more. But building that groundwork. I mean, it's instrumental for kids, but that's pretty much where my whole focus goes is to reaching out to other people, trying to build the, the lacrosse community as much as we can, um, including the junior Thunderbirds. Yeah. I love that point so much about the fundamentals and kind of any athlete that I've interviewed so far. Um, they say that like, even at the highest level of sport, if you don't have the fundamentals, like you're a flawed athlete mm -hmm. a little bit, you know, and a lot of people can get by on, you know, natural born talent or some sort of skill set. But if you are such a well-rounded player, you're such a more beneficial athlete to the team. Hey. Yeah, definitely. I say, I say for lacrosse fundamentals are a must, but then also conditioning. Like if I could go back in my life and do everything a little different, it would be to never let myself even become slightly out of shape. Like always be over conditioned is the best way because if the game of lacrosse is easy to you, it's because you're in shape. The game of lacrosse becomes hard when you can't keep up to the pace of play and you're always heavy breathing after every shift. If you can be in the best shape without a doubt, your fundamentals are going to be extremely well-versed. But then at the same time, you're going to be able to do a lot of things. And this goes for any sport. You're going to be able to do a lot of things that other players can't because you have the cardiovascular to just do everything else at a higher level and then some. So I, if I could do everything over again, conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. I feel like uh, so many coaches are applauding in their office listening to this right now. Um, it's huge. And it's, it's a lot of people's least favorite thing to do, but it has to be done, right? To be the best that you can be. Um, so how did you two meet? Through social media. You want me to say? Yeah. Okay. So uh, through social media, I actually messaged Kyle on Instagram um, and he was big on doing vlogs back in the day. He still is trying yeah. to, we're trying to get back there. Um, and so we were just chatting about that. Um, and then we have some mutual friends uh, through the lacrosse community um, to, to verify that we are both good people. Um, basically, and then yeah, one thing led to another and we uh, got married last October. Mm -hmm um and we moved out to Halifax in July together so that's awesome um how do you feel this is probably a funny question but how do you guys feel like athletics have impacted your guys's relationship I find a lot of athletes uh gravitate towards each other probably for that mindset you know of for the most part bigger faster stronger and there's kind of this groundwork of dedication towards something do you guys find that or is there anything that has impacted your relationship in that sense I, sports are instrumental like they're it's so easy to sit there and watch just any sport with her because she loves all sports like to be in love with somebody that doesn't play sports you can do it but you're not going to have that companion whether you like that or not to sit there and enjoy some time with you like you're going to be doing other things you're going to be having to having to explain the sport to them we can just sit there we can put sports on we can 
do whatever. Anytime I have something going on, she understands what's happening because she was an athlete herself. So she gets it. I find that that's one of the hardest things a lot of times is if you're an athlete and your significant other isn't, there's a huge divide for the two of you because you, the one person just can't understand why you're dedicating all this time to something that isn't with them, where with us, we literally can't get away from each other. We go to the office together. We work together all the time. We watch, now. Like, we watch sports <laughs> together. This, I mean, now, yeah, but this has been easy. Like this is what we do all the time anyway. So it's not for everybody. Uh, it's having a significant I mean, we, other. We did long distance for a bit. Yeah. But I'm saying but like, like having a significant other that isn't into sports. Right. It, you can do it. It's just a lot harder. Whereas it's been crazy just like she's taught me so much from the sports world like she said earlier the back the behind the scenes of sports that's where she is amazing because she 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 i don't know why i'm fumbling with my words she <laughs> has shown me so much on the behind the scenes aspect of things where that's where i wanted to learn a lot and so rather than having to outreach to people and do all these other things yeah i can still do that but i have somebody right next to me that if I have a question about anything, like she's the one that has the answer and that goes for so many other things. But a lot of the time I don't have to go anywhere except for the person right beside me to find out any news, any information that I need. I'm, I go on Twitter in the morning and I'm scrolling and I'm like, Oh, did you see this today? Or ESPN just said this. Yeah. If I've missed something <laughs> in the sports world, she's found it. If she's missed something, I've found it. So we don't miss out on a whole lot. Our DMs are a lot of uh, sports centers thing. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah, my husband and I too are the same way. Like he'll recall stats from hockey games like 30 years ago. And I'm more like, hey, did you see this? And so it's, it's a good balance for sure. And I think like relationship wise, that's super interesting. Like you, if you come from the same mindset and usually a, a lot of times is not spending enough time with each other, whether you're, you know, flying across um, Canada to go to different games or the States and stuff like that. So do you guys have like some special time for each other? And I know that kind of sounds cheesy sometimes, but just how important is taking time for each other? Now, <laughs> this is the most time I think we've been like consistently with each other because he's usually flying and I do like to go to his games, which obviously helps our relationship. And in the summer he plays for Boston and my family, I'm from the States. My family's from Connecticut. So it's really nice to be able um, to have him play close to my hometown and see my family while also watch him and spend some time together because uh, like my cousin got married earlier this year and he wasn't um, able to come to her wedding because he had a game um, and so times like that it is hard. Um, we still haven't been to a wedding officially married <laughs> together uh, but no, I don't think there's a time that we like set obviously because our lives are both so crazy, but we were trying to do Thursdays. We'd go out to dinner here um, and try some new local restaurants. Most of the times we ended up at a mono because <laughs> it's right next to our apartment and it was cold and finding parking. Um, but we do try to take some time um, for each other because obviously it's harder when he's traveling all the time. And I think this summer, was hard when mm -hmm. I was, we were both new to the Halifax area and I didn't really know anyone here mm -hmm. besides people we work with. And he was gone every weekend and it gets expensive flying in Halifax to anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but I tried to go to as many games as possible, obviously. Yeah, that's awesome. And then what about like the competition between you two? Is that an issue? Mm -hmm. Mario Kart. <laughs> Not really. Like neither of us like to lose, but I win a majority of the things we do just because I put in a whole lot more effort. She's really addicted to her phone, so I'm I can win a lot of things just based on her having a lack of focus. Monopoly. We'll be playing something, she'll be on her phone, and I'll just take advantage of it. In Monopoly, so. we got this new like Mrs. Monopoly. It was on sale at Staples in the only game there. Um, we were mailing something out the other day and we picked it up and it's like a feminist monopoly. So like when females pass go, you get $240 instead of $200. But another rule is like, if you have a hotel or whatever they're called and they don't ask you for the money and the person rolls. And so he was like, okay, you're up. And I'd roll and not notice that he'd landed on one of my properties. So then he wouldn't have to owe me money. Yeah. Like she had all the expensive ones. So I'd have to owe her because she had hotels or apartments, whatever it may have been on the complex, like it was like $800. And so she, she was on her phone. So I had 
deliberately give her the dice and be like, okay, yeah, you're up. Like, go ahead. So then I would get to, I wouldn't have to pay the eight. And that's bucks. how we won the game. Oh, I feel like that's a rip off, man. Put your phone down. You have to beat him at that game. Yeah. Well, it's going on for so long as Monopoly does. Yes, yeah. but it's all mental. And it's funny because I've been reading a couple of books lately uh, that like the whole focus of these books are just the mental aspect of things. And um, it's, I just, I guess I didn't really notice because of how busy you are, I guess it's tough to just sit down and think about like what really helps an athlete excel or just a person in general. And these books literally just break things down into the most simplistic terms you could ever possibly imagine. And it's all just mental. It's all that everything is like they relate everything that goes on in life just to back to having a great mental capacity for ultimately self-love really. Mm-hmm. Which kind of ones are you reading or what are you into? So we just, she got me a Kindle and I, we just bought the monk who sold his Ferrari nice. and the book is phenomenal. Like we just read it before we go to bed. And um, that's the largest one that I found where it's like, this guy had literally everything and now he has nothing. I mean, I'm not going to spoil things for people if they want to read it, but it's a phenomenal book that just talks about the mental aspect of things and having a positive outlook, not negative thoughts, a positive outlook with a tremendous self-love for yourself and a great mental, um, mental love for yourself in the life. Um, it's crazy how much you can accomplish and how happy you can be with nothing, but just a great mindset. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And one of the last podcast guests I had on uh, Fergus Connolly, he's like one of the top guys in uh, performance coaching. And he was saying the exact same thing. And especially the situation we're in right now, like you kind of have two choices. He was saying is one, you could go down that negative pathway or two, which is really your only choice is to spin this. You know, there has to be something good that will come out of it. There has to be a new thing that you can learn or something that you can improve on to get better in this time. And I don't think... Um, we'll ever have another slowdown. So I think it's pretty interesting to be able to start read those things and, and adapt from there. Hey. Yeah. It's, I keep telling people like the world is literally telling you to just do nothing. Just b- relax. Like as traumatic tra- as, tra- <laughs> as things are, like the world is telling you to just take a step back. Think about what goes on in your life. Just have mental clarity for a little bit. And we'll get back to things like things will, they won't be normal, but we'll get back into the swing of things. But if you can leave this whole pandemic with a better outlook, better mentality, better love for yourself, afterwards, you're going to be so much better off. And life in general is just going to be so much happier. Like to be confined to a certain environment, obviously it sucks. But like you said, there's only two ways to think about it negatively or positively. And if you want to think about it negatively, well, then your next thought's going to be negative and that one's going to be negative. And then it's just going to compound after each and every thought where if you're just spin things to a positive outlook, the two of us could just spend more time together than what we ever have. We've never even spent a week together, I don't think. Yes, so to sit here now and just be able to spend time together, digest things, read books, like find mental clarity. This is the most he hasn't spent time at the airport or I've oh. driven to the Like I usually drive to the airport three times a week. Like at one point when we first moved here, I think that's the only place my car knew knew yes. how to drive. Like without GPS, I could get there. Okay. Uh, I, I just think that also the hardest thing too is like not being close to our family out mm-hmm. here, which has been hard. Um, and especially uh, my family being from the States and then just putting uh, the uh, travel, ban. travel ban up to 30 more days and Air Canada today announced that um, there's no more flights to the US from Canada starting on the 26th. So I think like, not that I had trips planned. Well, I did have trips planned Mm -hmm. that were canceled, but knowing that I can't go there and having grandparents who are older and like my family were very close and not even being able to leave the province to go see his family in Ontario, like that's hard. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think it's taught us a lot about, you know, surviving on our own and not that I don't think that we struggled to do that before um, at all, but we're just, we're, very heavily involved with our families so to like have somebody tell us you can't see them that's obviously tough and we're not the only ones going through that but we are very far from all of our family and it's been different 
Yeah. And like, thanks for bringing that up too. And I know everyone's in a, a similar boat, like we're all um, away from families and stuff, but it doesn't, like, I think what I'm hearing a lot of times is, oh, but there's worse situations. And honestly, I truly believe that there's like relative suffering, right? So whatever you're experiencing is your reality. And I think a lot of times people are scared to speak on that because yes, of course people have it worse, but it doesn't really negate your feelings, you know? So I'm glad you guys kind of brought that up too. And um, I'm curious, like moving to Halifax, like what was that experience? I know everyone from Halifax says it's the best place in the world. Nova Scotia is amazing. Like what um, have you guys noticed coming here? Well, we can't argue with them on that. It is amazing. It's beautiful. So scenic. Um, the people are phenomenal. Um, I'll let her touch on a couple of things, but I mean, it's awesome. Like I like the fact that you don't have all these chained restaurants, these chain businesses that you do in other cities and everything is really fine knit to where we are here. And it's organic to Halifax and everybody takes a lot of pride. Like we had our license plate wasn't a Nova Scotia license plate for a little while. And you start to hear ramblings of like, I can't believe you still have that. <laughs> or like yeah. our, our area code so, is 860 and they're like, oh, yeah. you, like, cause it's weird here. Like even in the state of Connecticut, which is a small state, like there's more than one uh, area, uh, zip mm -hmm. area, area, whatever, <laughs> telephone number. And like here it's just 902. Yeah. So like people notice that. And it, yeah. and I think that's like the first thing that we learn here is like people in Halifax love Halifax, mm -hmm. but they also are very welcoming like one of the, our first nights here we had a season ticket member event and all these season ticket members were inviting us over to their house for dinner um if you need anything i had um parents of junior thunderbirds reach out to me being like if you guys need anything like please let me know and i think in season ticket members i think that just shows the sense of community here and the tragedy we had over the weekend i think that just shows you how small and tightly knit this this provinces in general and how nice the people are here. And as you hear on the news, people are saying like, this is so unlike Nova Scotia. Like, and that's one of the, the best things that I think from moving out here is like the sense of safeness and um, feeling safe. Like I lived in Philly every night on the news, you heard about another shooting or another crime that was committed here. They're talking about like sinks that were found in a parking lot. Like that's the news. Um, and even like, my dad's really big on security, so he'd be really upset. We have a alarm system that I'm looking at in our apartment. And I was like, do, to our, like the lady who runs the building, like, do you think we need to like get that working and waste money on that? She's like, no, like literally there's no crime here. Um, so I think that is great being so far away from anyone that we know and the local restaurants and the food and the seafood is amazing. Um, I was hoping that we would have some friends and family being able to come out here in the summer. Our parents came out for the first time in February and loved it, even though it was freezing. Um, but hoping that, you know, one day they can travel out here in the summer and we can explore because we haven't even gotten to explore. Like we want to do the Cabot Trail and we did PEI, but we did PEI in the middle of a snowstorm, <laughs> literally in a snowstorm. Uh, he went and ran a clinic up in PEI and we had like full attendance, like people still came out to it and it was literally like undrivable conditions. The city in, that we were in in PEI was shut down, but people still came out to the camp. Sports man, we love them here. Um, yeah, that's so true. Like the, the events of this weekend, like are devastating, but there's been so much light around it too. And, and Nova Scotians like coming together and, and um, being there for one another. So like, uh, hopefully the darkness on those families doesn't stay too long and, and that, you know, everyone here is just here for support. And I'm glad you guys see that in us too, because that's, that's the story you want to tell the world, you know, not, not the sad things. Right. Um, yeah, that's huge. So I guess I just have a couple more questions for you guys. And Dana, one is about gymnastics. Like a lot of the um, athletes in gymnastics that I know, like it's a hard go and it's a hard sport. Um, and there's a lot of things around like nutrition and trying to fuel yourself appropriately. And I do a lot with uh, female athletic health. So what has your experience been like, or do you have any kind of tips for, you know, gymnasts coming up of what you would really uh, want them to focus on? Yeah. Um, like Kyle touched on before is obviously being able to eat meals and eat them at a time that's maybe not normal 
Um, I know I always miss family dinners when I was at practice because I wouldn't get home until 8 p.m. at night. But it's awkward because you go to practice at 3. So it's like, when do you eat? Do you get a snack in the middle of practice? But then, oh, you're going to go do flips and your stomach isn't going to be setting well. Um, so I think we had a nutritionist when I was in club gymnastics. And I think that was extremely helpful for us um, in fueling our bodies because obviously it was different um, than the other sports. Um, and so none of it was really had anything to do with like my uh, high school or my elementary or middle school growing up. Um, and I was lucky to have that support system. And then when we traveled on the road um, for gym meets, uh, usually our coaches would pick out what we were eating. Um, they didn't really give us an option and no soda. Uh, I've never drank in soda in my life to this day. I refuse to drink soda. I don't like soda. I don't like beer. I don't like anything with carbonation. Um, we actually had a work call, a zoom call and we did like the, uh, what was it called? The New, newlywed new game. Weekend. One of the questions was your favorite type of soda. And the girl who had me, she was like, um, I don't think I've ever seen you drink soda. So none. <laughs> I was like, that's great. Um, but yeah. And like trying to lay off the breads, um, we weren't ever allowed to have the rolls at dinner. And I, tra we traveled a lot, uh, every weekend from, I want to say it was like January to April, we were traveling for meats. And so obviously when you're on the road, you can't cook your own meals. And we, I was like 10 years old traveling without my parents. We obviously had chaperones, but that's why we kind of had to have that regimen and schedule and obviously trust your coaches and they know what's best for you. And I know gymnastics, at least in the States have had some um, bad attention lately, but I think that's not fair for those those few incidents. I think the sport is great and it, it was a huge part of my childhood and who I am today. And like my mom said, it kept me out of trouble because I was always at practice. <laughs> um, but obviously I tried other sports starting. So not just sticking to gymnastics. Eventually I had to just do gymnastics because of the time constraints. Um, but I did soccer and lacrosse growing up. Um, did cartwheels in the goalie net. So my mom was like, no. <laughs> Gymnastics is her sport, for sure. Yeah, she was too competitive for that. Hilarious. Um, and Kyle, kind of same question for you. So like a young athlete coming up now, like how do they get where you are? Like how do they play professional lacrosse? It just, I mean, it's tough, but find whatever local team that you possibly can. Uh, I know that that's easier said than done because uh, lacrosse is also fairly expensive sport um the equipment isn't the most expensive but then it's like hockey where you've got to find floor time and all that stuff so um just finding any local team that you possibly can or a couple buddies that you can like i said the equipment isn't expensive in order to start playing at a decent level all you need is a stick and a ball uh, and that can range anywhere from a hundred dollars to three hundred dollars depending on how intensive you want to get um but for the most part grab a stick grab a wall grab a wall and just throw the ball against the wall and just build the fundamentals up as much as you can. Because like we, we had talked about earlier, the more that you build those fundamentals, the better that everything else is going to be. And if you start playing lacrosse and you're not a part of a team yet, go hit a wall. By the time that you join a team, your fundamentals are going to be fairly well sound that you're going to fit in perfectly. And then after that, there's a whole lot of opportunity for Canadian lacrosse players to go play in the United States on scholarships. And I think that's something that I wasn't very aware of at a younger age, but I think a lot of people are starting to become aware of that you can go pretty much anywhere. It doesn't have to just be division one, it can be division one, two, three, whatever it may be. There's a lot of professional lacrosse players who are division three athletes. So just finding a school that fits your niche, fits what you want, fits the, the scholastic achievements that you want. Because like I said, you can't just play lacrosse as a passion for your whole life, you need something else to offset that cost. And so finding something that is going to help with that educational process. Um, if it's division three, great, but build those fundamentals, hit a wall and you'll be all set. That's so awesome. And then for coaches too, like um, when you go into teach the kids and stuff like that, do you have any tips for coaches on like what to focus on with them? Maybe in terms of like headspace or um, just improving skills overall? I mean, improving skills is one, but we always like to talk about just having fun. Like if you're not enjoying what you're doing, 
in any sport, you're not going to want to pursue it. Right. So we always try to make sure that any environment we go in to do anything, you're having a positive outlook, you're having a positive mindset, and you're also helping out people around you. So we've gone to a lot of schools where people have never wanted to do anything in gym class before. And then all of a sudden the gym teachers are like, or phys ed teachers are like, I can't believe that this person is doing something. I literally can't get them to do a single thing all year. And now you come in for one day and they're on cloud nine, they're running around, they're playing lacrosse. So having a positive outlook is going to be on top of skill set, fundamentals. If you're having fun, you're going to love what you're doing. And that's going to be the biggest thing. So we talked about earlier, mental clarity, having a great outlook on life. It, it goes to sports too. It's not just life, but if you have a great mindset, when you go and you pick up that stick for the first time, you're going to enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. That's so awesome. Um, guys, you guys seem like open books. Are you okay with people like reaching out to you and asking you guys questions? Yeah, of course. Totally. Yeah. How could they find you? Um, we're both on Instagram and Twitter. What? Uh, my handle is Dana Jackson with three N's at the end. So D-A-N-A and then Jackson with three N's for both. And Mine is Kyle47Jackson on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. Um, Stroby, is that how you say his name? Yeah, he's doing so much of like the Instagram stuff and, the, and those um, pictures and videos and stuff are wild. So it's it's also another cool thing to just follow the Thunderbirds and check all that stuff out too, hey? Yeah, yeah totally. HFX Thunderbirds. And yeah, he's been doing some great video content for us. And Charlie also does a lot of our graphics and videos and he's been doing an awesome job. So definitely make sure to check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And LinkedIn, if you have LinkedIn. LinkedIn too, I love it. Um, guys, thanks so much for your time. I know um, you're probably itching to talk to other people aside from each other in isolation there, but I'm glad that uh, we could spend some time together for sure. So thanks again for your time. Thank you for having us. It yeah, an thanks honor. for having us. You're tremendous. Oh, you guys were tremendous, come on. <laughs>